Hi, it's Tracy Crossley. Welcome to my special series, Surviving to Thriving, Overcoming My Darkest Moment, where I will interview guests on how they felt their way through a major emotional low point to create a fulfilling, abundant, and successful life. Hey guys, back again, and I have wonderful guests with me today for Surviving to Thriving and my darkest moment, which of course, I have survived many dark moments. And so today I have with me Frangela. Frangela, you guys want to say hi? Hi! I'm Angela, this is Francis, or Frangela. (laughs) Exactly. And this is going to be a lot of fun, and you guys are going to learn a lot about what they have gone through as individuals and as a team too, Mm -hmm. in terms of their ups and downs, career and personal and all that good stuff. So real quick, in case you are not familiar with them, let me tell you a little bit about him. So Francis Collier and Angela V. Shelton, better known as Frangela, are the hosts of Daytime's newest talk show, Me Time with Frangela, and have just released a new comedy album, Resist, at killrockstars.com. And of course, that information is below if you guys want to go ahead and check it out, because I'm sure it's really funny. And uh, you can listen to them on their podcast, The Final Word on Westwood One. And so all their social media and everything, just go ahead, click away. If you can't find it, you're lost, you found this video somewhere on Google, you can always go to my website and we have all that information right there. So getting back to Frangela. Hey guys. Hi. All right. So what I like to do is I usually like to lead up to the darkest moment. So if you can kind of give a little bit of information about what was going on in your lives and, you know, kind of the circumstances that led up to, okay, I am in total shit right now. I, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So feel free to start anywhere with that. You go first. You go first. Okay. So my darkest moment was, uh, my mother was, had a, had ovarian cancer. And so she lived, I live in Los Angeles my mom lived in Florida. And so I went down there and you remember Angela, yeah. we were supposed to be going to do a, a pilot. We had a whole bunch of things going on. Mm-hmm. And I was down there for about a month and a, a hurricane hit even. And my mother was in the hospital mm-hmm. for a month. And you know, it's that moment where you think, you go, I, I can't do this, you know? And I remember, being at the hospital day in and day out and it's stage four cancer it's the quote-unquote end right and I was just I remember being in a hotel because I was in a flea-bitten hotel in fact (laughs) because I had no money and I was it was like a day's in but like five levels below a day's in like an hour's in an hour's in (laughs) and I remember being like I'm like I'm being eaten by something in this bed and I'm worried about my mother and because I'm an actor right and you know I'm maintaining helping my husband maintain a household in Los Angeles we have no money you know and could could just was could you grab that from Elfie that's an eraser okay yeah (laughs) my goodness (laughs) Sorry, the dog dog was eating something (laughs) problematic, so we had to get that. Okay, so I remember thinking, and and it was like my mother's going to die. She's going to die. Yeah, and they, they, you know, she's going to die. And you talk about dark moment. 
when you come face to face with that moment um, and you're dealing with it, and, and I was, and I just, you know, you, you sink, you sink lower than you think the hole can go. And I remember being in that hotel, just weeping. And because we're, you know, I'm going to say strong black women, you know, that, that getting to that cry was so incredibly hard for me. And, but I, I did get there, but it was just, I was just in a hole and you're just deep in it. And it, that was, I think that that was my darkest, my darkest moment in my life, you know, because, you know, up until that moment, you could talk about money, you can talk about jobs, you can talk about this or that, but losing my mother was incredibly close to, was so frightening. But what happened actually was uh, she got better and ended up moving here to Los Angeles with my husband and I and living for another two years. Wow. Yes. Yes. So you just don't, the story isn't written until the story is done, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And, um, but what I learned from that was I had a fortitude that I didn't know I had. And, you know, and at the time I was a younger person and I was like, I can't take care of my mother if she comes here. I'm an actor. I live in an apartment. I don't have the money. I don't have the wherewithal. But I had a wonderful support system and a best friend. Uh, I had a wonderful support system in my husband. And I found that, yeah, you, I could do this. And not only did we do it, we did it so incredibly well that I became proud of myself that we were able to sustain my mother, give her a quality of life and happiness and joy and laughter when, you know, most, when at that moment, you know, most people are just kind of in a bed. Right. Signed off on her. You know what I mean? The doctors and your other family members were like, yeah, she's over. You know, and just didn't, weren't showing up. And then you were pregnant, too. That oh, yes, that's year. right. I was pregnant. Oh, my, my God. Mother died. My mother died when I was eight months pregnant. She really tried. Wow. Like, she wow. tried to make it. She was really trying to, to get through to see her grandchild. And, and she got so close. Yeah. Um, and it was really hard. Well, and I, I would imagine that because the loss of a parent is probably one of the biggest losses that we can go through in life. So, you know, when you were back in the bed, right, and you're obviously thinking, okay, my mom is going to die right now. Besides the fact, you know, I think everybody goes through this whole feeling of like, I'm going to be orphaned in a sense, right? Like mm-hmm. there's nobody who's going to be here for me. Like my mom has been here for me. But yeah. what was it that made you switch? Like you went, you know what, wait a minute, I can do something different here. Um, and not that you, I think you put your grief aside or the impending grief aside, but, but you had to do something. What yeah. was it? It was, you know, I think that, you know, all trauma is shock, you know? And once you get past, for me, you know, the way that I deal with it is, is that once I get past the initial shock, there is a... I'll just say it like this. There's a separation. I kind of try to look at my life with a bird's eye view. 
and see everything in its totality. And um, can I just say, I think what I saw you do mm -hmm. was break down the, the, the whole, the concept, I'm taking care of my mother. Yeah. Is huge. But when you broke it down to she needs a bed. Yeah. She needs a, we need, oh, the refrigerator situation. She needs a refrigerator in her room. Mm -hmm. She's, these are her medications needs. These are yeah. her doctor's appointments needs. When you start to break down the tasks. Yes. You know, I saw you, you know, like you went, you got the catalog, you got the occupational person or whatever to come to the house and, mm -hmm. and be like, okay, this is what needs to happen. And gratefully, luckily your mother had really good insurance that yeah. was very helpful. But, and then you learned, and you just learned everything you could about yeah. all of those yeah. things. I, I mean, I learned, really I learned how to change a colostomy bag. Yeah. Wow. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, you, there are things that you, you go, I can't do that. But if you, if, if you need to, you will. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And uh, you learn how to deal with it. And, and, but psychologically for me, I had to say, okay, this, not only is this happening, yeah. this, it can happen one of two ways. We can go joyfully forward or, you know, or just be unhappy. And that being unhappy is not a choice I make, you know? So I was like, we can just, and we did, we had such, I know, you know, you're talking about cancer, but to say that we had a good time, we had a really good time. One of my favorite things is we took her to, for Francis's birthday, we went to um, Medieval Times. Yeah. You know, the Ren Fair, you know, the, you have dinner or whatever. And I got us all costumes. So I, I made my, I went as a hunchback. And we made Princess a princess. Yeah. And her husband, who is just is such a good sport, I got a little page boy wig for him and he played a prince. And the picture is his the picture is really heartwarming because it's her mother with a little hat on and she's got this huge smile on her face. And every night I had like a fake axe and everything, and all night I just went, <laughs> and we had the best time. And my mother didn't know you could have fun like this. Just being silly. Everybody we walked by, I'll never forget it went, I told you we could have dressed up. <laughs> so your mom so a couple things so your mom wanted was she totally up for moving here um you know oh, well here let me let me throw you want to go back into darkest moments uh-huh there was i didn't want to say it it's i didn't want, no, but you know what you said but you said to go to go there so let's talk about family members i had a brother who uh okay. was a house and was well off and he and he was like, of course, mom will come and live with us because, you know, you're an actor in Los Angeles, blah, blah, blah. Well, he moved our mother there, didn't want his wife was, he didn't talk to his wife. They have a very odd relationship. They have a very odd relationship. So they hadn't had a conversation. So she and my mother had never really quite gelled in the first place. Mm -hmm. But she gets there and the wife, his wife was like, I don't want her here. Um, and my brother was like, I want her to send, uh, sign over all her, her power of attorney over to me. Yeah. I want to take over all of her finances. Yeah. It was the ugliest stuff you've ever seen. No, and he was told that she would be dead, she would be dead within three months. Yes. And when she wasn't, and I mean almost to the day three months, he kicked her out. Yep. He just kicked her out or did he, yeah, he was like, kick her out? He's like kicking her out. So Francis like, I got to go get my mom. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, and do you have a relationship with your brother? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't no. think so. 
I can't believe that. How did your mom feel about all of this? Because I'm sure she must have. Yeah. It was devastating because that was her firstborn son. Yeah. She she was very. They were very close, and I mean close, you know. And she I just I couldn't believe yeah. I couldn't believe he. I just couldn't. I I'm still to this day. We're talking now. It's almost 13 years later. I still can't believe he did that. Yeah, I would find that really hard to believe, but it sounds like his wife runs the house. Yeah. 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 And he's, you know, a jerk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was really... And I, and I say that to anybody who's listening, because, you know, when death comes and when there's situations like that, you know, everybody goes, is it my family's just crazy or yeah. weird? And I'm every time around death, it is always just so many people, the worst comes out in people. And you want the best of people, but the worst often comes out. Yeah. Always, always. People yeah. lose their shit, they do. And yeah. They don't, and whatever I think they have inside of them that is, I don't want to say hateful, but angry, anything negative, it always comes out. And it doesn't come out in a normal way. It comes out in a weird way. Yeah. 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 So, but, no, go ahead. Please, I just, you know, I just... You know, if I can impart a hopeful message for people caring for caregivers and in that situation is, is that, you know, finding that fortitude within yourself, you can do that. You know, because I, when I tell you, I thought I was the last person who could do that. And, yeah. and why did you feel like you were the last? Because, you know, there's that point where you go, I'm, you know, if you're an actor and a performer, there's a bit of arrested development, you know, and you don't quite feel like an adult, even in your thirties, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, but, but I was like, no, I can be this, even though I'm responsible for feeding myself and clothing and keeping myself sheltered, you know, taking care of somebody who is ill is a huge responsibility. And it's even different, you know, than taking care of a child. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially, I think, your parent. Yeah. You know, because you're not that dynamic. You can't demand they do things, mm -hmm. at least not my parent, <laughs> uh, the way that you would with a child, yeah. right? Like, yeah, so yeah. it's a whole different You don't have dominion. You don't have dominion. You are the child, and they can get really, yeah. you know. They can get a little, I would think, grumpy. Yeah. 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 That's a nice way. Yeah. 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 I'll go with grumpy. Yeah, so I would think so too. And I think that that's a hard position and you always have a choice. And it's when you choose love personally, mm -hmm. I believe that makes a difference. You know, love of yourself, love of this person. I don't know, to me, it makes a difference because I know if I'm choosing fear, then I may not do some, something, you know, that's going to actually be good. Yeah. And then the other thing is like a technique that I've always done, I don't know, somehow in my whole life is... When I'm at my darkest moment, if I can't pay a bill or, you know, money is tight or, you know, I lost a job or it was my mom, I try to go back I, from the present. I go back to that point in my life and I tell myself I'm going to be okay from the future. And it works. Because, and it does work. Mm -hmm. I find somehow I find myself in the past and I'm able to self-soothe myself. Because it sounds like to me that you've always been a pretty happy person. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. Because it's what you were saying. You said something earlier when you were talking about, you know, being in that bedroom or in the hotel, mm -hmm. motel, the 
what is it, the... Uh, the horrible, the hours in. It's not even days, it's hours. Hours in, that's it, hours in. Yeah, so, you know, when you were there and you're, you know, thinking about the ways that you could choose to go forward and being unhappy just didn't suit you. So I thought, wow, you know what? You probably have held happiness as something that you you try to be. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. because if I have a choice, if I have, if I can choose between happiness and unhappiness, I'm choosing happiness. Right, right, yeah. A lot of people don't agree with that, by the way, but yeah. <laughs> a lot of people say it, but they don't do it. Yeah. They don't. And they don't know because they don't have the tools, right? Yes. So, you know, a lot of it comes back to what am I going to choose to do? But, you know, a lot of people that are funny usually aren't choosing happy either. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it can be, I think, the indulgence of having a career that is actually all about you sometimes can put these blinders in front of mm-hmm. you with mirrors on side, inside them. And you, it can be really hard to see your way through something and understand this is actually something a lot of people, if not all people, have to go through. Yes. And, and, and you, the loss of that perspective, I think, can make it hard for mm-hmm. especially comedians probably and performers mm-hmm. to see that, of course, I can do this. Other people do with less resources, Mm -hmm. emotionally, financially, in every way. Right. So that leads me to you, Angela. (laughs) What is, what was, you know, what led up to your darkest moment and, and tell us about that. Um, well, for me, I come from, as Francis would call it, the Isle of Women, (laughs) um, like the Wonder Woman Island. Right. So, I am the shortest person in my family at five nine. So my mom's six feet, my sister's six feet. It's a, a family of strong women who, when men speak, we listen, sort of. And then we go, that was cute. Um, and go back to what we were doing. So that I say that to say that why my darkest, this is, this is the moment I'm going to talk about. Because, so uh, when I was working at Second City in Detroit, and I knew I was going to quit, I wanted to leave, I decided I was going to take that big trip to Europe. Mm-hmm. where you get a backpack and I get a one-way ticket and I got, I paid for an open return and I was, I bought a Eurorail pass and I investigated the right backpack and I was going to go everywhere I could. And my plan was, I'm going to go till I run out of money. I got rid of my apartment. I moved home with my mom for like a month or two. Well, at the time I was dating someone and um, he, when I was telling him about, I was really excited about this plan. I, we'd been dating for a while. I think over a year, but whatever. Um, he said to me, he got really upset and I didn't get why he was upset. And he was like, um, you've made this whole plan and you didn't even think about me in it. And I was like, why would I think about you? Anyway, because <laughs> we love each other we're in a relationship. I was like, oh yeah. Oh, right. right. Okay, you're right. And I had a real, like for me, that was a real wake up moment of, hey, if you want to have relationships with people, they're meaningful and loving, you have to think about them in more than just what we're doing tonight or, or next month. And it's like, because this has been a lifelong dream of mine to have this trip, you know? And so I just didn't even occur to me. So he, in that moment, I felt a lot of guilt about that. And I felt like this was a, a, one of my, I was like, what, 23 years mm-hmm. old. He's a little bit older than me. Um, he was at least early. Was he more than that? Maybe he's yeah. 30, early thirties. Yeah, yeah. So I just, 
I was like, okay. And I took in the critique and I was like, so we talked about it and he decided he wanted to quit too because he worked at Second City but in Chicago. And um, he decided to quit and we were going to go on this trip together. So I was like, all right. And he, we committed to when we're done, whoever gets a job, wherever they get a job, New York, LA, wherever, we'll both move there. Well, very, and so, but that meant that I had to wait a couple months because he was doing something else. So that was a little bit annoying to me, but I did it. So then he got offered a big job. Huge A job. huge job. I have no problem saying his name, but I don't know if you want me to. <laughs> his name, that's fine. His name's Tom Janus, G-I-A-N-A-S. <laughs> and, and he worked for? And he worked for, for Saturday Night Live. So he and his writing partner, who was Adam McKay, got, at that time, got hired at SNL during this period of time where I'm waiting to go on this trip. And all I'm doing every day is looking at different places to go in Europe for months. So suddenly he calls me and he's like, and I'm like, well, you can't, you can't give that up. But he's like, here's what we'll do. I'm gonna go set up, get in the park, get look for a place for us to move into, and then this first vacation we're gonna, we're, I get, we're gonna go to Europe, and I was like, okay, and so that is the first, that is the first Angela not being Angela moment that I flag now, and so I went with that. Well, what ended up happening is I, so he gets to New York and he starts looking around. I move there. And I'm gonna say it just as it happened. I, we, you know, we talked every day all the time, this man I'm in love with, he's got this job, it's a huge opportunity. I moved to New York, I have family in New York, my father and whatever, I've lived there before. But I get to New York and I don't see him at all for the first two months I'm there. You're living with him though? No, he's staying inside, I don't know where he's living. Oh. I get there and I'm staying with my dad and then I had some friends who moved there. So I stay with them. But by staying with them, what I mean is there's three of us sharing a one bedroom that had like a loft for the bedroom and I'm sleeping behind the couch on the floor in the living room. But this is all supposed to be temporary because I'm going to be moving in with my boyfriend who I don't actually know where he lives. And he keeps not returning my phone calls or leaving mess. And when I tell you that this is not something I'm used to in any way to the point where I was so embarrassed and so ashamed, I didn't tell anyone. So I would go out all day looking for jobs and walking the streets for hours and lie and say, oh, I, yes, Tom and I had lunch. Uh-huh. You know, because I, I couldn't admit to anyone, my family, my friends who I was living with, my, um, that, because I come from the Isle of Women. And the idea that I had just moved to a state in a city and this man didn't show up at the airport call me and said they had to work and then I every day was getting blown off by him for months and I would, didn't know what to do right. so but what was it that kept you even doing this I yeah. think it was the shame I didn't I couldn't even address the problem because I didn't want to say it out loud I didn't want to say it out loud I've moved here and I haven't even seen him I canceled my dream trip to Europe and I haven't even seen him so I finally was sitting behind the couch one horrible Saturday morning. And um, if you live in New York, uh, at least on the Upper East Side where I was then, Saturday morning is recycling morning. So it's hours of glass breaking. It's hours of, (laughs) it's horrible. It wakes you up, it's horrible. And I was sitting there and I really don't like living in New York. I never have. Um, And I was just really unhappy. And I just had this like, what the, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. I'm going to have to say this out loud to someone. I'm going to have to say out loud, I haven't even seen him in two months. I don't want to live here. I never wanted to live here. Um, and in the meantime, I had managed to get my mother had, had to pull like strings. She knew like the head of Viacom so I could be an in-house temp 
at MTV, you know how it is. Um, and I, you know, and, and the people I were living with were a married couple who had just got married and they were having huge problems. It was horrible. Um, and I finally was like, this is not the Angela I know. The Angela I know has options. One thing that I was always taught, I know by my mother growing up is you always want to have options. So whenever in my life, I've always tried to make sure that I didn't, I had more than one choice because I do believe like Viktor Frankl in the meaning of life. Yeah. This man was survived a concentration camp and can tell you that you always have a choice. Yep. They may not be great choices. I'm not saying they're fun choices, but there are choices. So I was like, how do I, I've always thought, how do I create choices? So I sat down this behind the couch this one Saturday morning. And I went, I, right now I don't have choices. I don't have money. I'm stuck someplace I don't want to be. I'm pretending to be in a relationship that quite clearly doesn't exist. Um, and I don't know why that is. And I don't know what to do. And so I sat down and I started to make options. And I, the first thing I said is, I don't want to live here. Where do I want to go? Okay. And I was like, well, I think I want to go to LA. So then I started investigating people, how I could get to LA. I had a friend who lived with somebody who wanted to move to LA also. I talked to her, but I put out feelers. I then told everyone. I sat down with my friends. I told my mom, I was like, uh, Tom and I actually, I don't think have a relationship. I haven't seen him in two months. They were kind of blown away, but I just, I've never been a person who was embarrassed. So that was weird for me. Cause yeah. for me, you Francis will tell you like, I don't get embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I don't, and it's not because I have some sort of magical thing. I think as a kid, I was so, I was horribly bullied a lot. And I think I just got to this place where you never let them see you cry. Mm -hmm. I right. won't give you that, you know? So I so trained myself that I had trained myself out of actually showing how I was feeling when I needed to. Like I could tell you the most horrible thing and my face wouldn't change. Right. So I was like, I need options. So I created, so I found some options. I found somebody who wanted to move to California also who would drive there. I figured, I thought, I looked at how to do it, how much stuff I had, how much it was going to cost. And then I was like, okay, I need this amount of money. And then I had this light bulb moment where this one word came to me, alimony. <laughs> alimony? Alimony. And what I realized is, because my mother's been married a few times, and she never got alimony, by the way. But I was thinking about how I'm only here because of, I was in my anger. So I'm running over it. Like, I'm only here because of him. I haven't seen him in two months, whatever. So I called him and I was like, look, here's the deal. I'm moving to California. Uh, and you're going to have to finance that because I'm only here because of you. Um, you destroyed this trip and I'm going to need that money. And his response was, okay, fine. Come by and I'll give you a check. Now, nothing. All that time. All that no, yeah, no emotional nothing. Wow. Then, of course, he calls me a week later, like before I'm going to come over, and he's like, I got you tickets to the show tonight to go see the show, SNL. I want you to come. I really, and then afterwards, you know, I'll, I'll give you the check. I just really think we should see each other, which is a weird way to do it, but whatever. I went to the show. Who the fuck cares? Um, I went to the show, and they have the after party afterwards. I went to that. I got to meet, what's his name, from the Smashing Pumpkins, who was kind of a jerk, but he was nice to me in that moment. But... Um, <laughs> And I was flirting with some waiter because I was like, whatever. Yeah. And then I went home with Tom and he was, he goes to get his checkbook and he just breaks down and starts crying. And he has this huge freak out and you're doing it. See, you're showing up because this is what happened. What I realized is normally I, mm -hmm. if anybody cries, I cry with you. Mm -hmm. It was, I had nothing in me. Yeah. Like he was crying and it didn't do anything to me. Yeah. And I was like, could you not get water on the check? Can I help you not get the tea? Let's get the the check out the way of the tears because I was like I need this money to move so he gave me the check and he was like I love you and I still want to be with you and I was like that ship has sailed you just did and this is the moment where I felt like 
the best parts of me, I needed to grow up and there were some things that needed to change and this helped. I wish it hadn't had to be so hard. But what I said is, this is the thing. Anybody who would treat me like this, I just deserve better. Yeah. So, and then he spent the next two years trying to get me back. And it just, every time I'd be like, dude, do you know what you did to me? And like, hang up. <laughs> like, did he ever have a reason? Like, what was his deal? He said he was crazy. And he said that um, he'd always had trouble in relationships and that he didn't know what to do. And I came to find out later that there was a woman there that he was flirting with and probably having some kind of relationship with that started probably right as before I got there. Mm -hmm. And um, he didn't want me to know about that. But he also, I think that didn't work out at the point when I was like, I'm outie. But I, you know, it was one of those situations where I just, it, to me, I, it's not something I would have ever thought I'd be in. Yeah. You know, and I don't think anybody who knows me. And you know, and you've said something in the past about, and I completely agree, and we both agree, you know, in the bad relationships that we've had in the past, is that you, the, the person that you are, you, he wouldn't respect you That's right. if you went back to him. Like he the person he loved yeah. would not go back to him. Yeah. So it's like, even if I want you to love me, right. this is the way to do it. I was going to say, it'd be the same thing again. Exactly. So I left and I got, I moved across the country with this woman I barely knew um, with his money. Mm -hmm. And then he was so still in, like two years later, I needed to get my stuff, sh some stuff shipped. And I made him pay for that. <laughs> and he did. Because he, he kept calling me. I was like, I need you to ship this. What I told him is, I will forgive you in this way. I will never forget but I will allow you to call me once in a while and say hi, but you're gonna have to pay for this. Because- Did you talk to him? No, but that's, he does this thing, it's super annoying, where he's white and so he, when he needs a black reference, I think he uses me. And so I'll get these little weird texts or emails from him that are like, oh, like when Obama won. He's like, can you believe it? And I was like, stop texting me, I fucking hate you. Um, <laughs> like, like, he's crazy. You know, so, I mean, I don't know if that's clinical, but what I know is that he, it was really like, and I think back to that moment of how bad I felt about not thinking of him in that trip yeah. that I was going to take to Europe. And that's the moment that hitches, that I get a hitch on. Yeah. And I remember, cause I was like, right then, right. did I know, or was I just being No, life was not like, attentive? Life was like, know? how about learning this lesson? And yeah, so it was really, and it was awful. Like, I've never been a person who, like, I sat alone behind a couch crying like that. Like, just, like, it was so bad. And the fact that he didn't get that really was amazing to me. Right. Well, a lot of people don't get a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. And, and so my question is then, how has this affected your relationships going forward? Well, for one thing, I did learn, I learned a lot. I learned that I do need to be in a relationship if I'm in a relationship, but that doesn't, that actually should start sooner. <laughs> as stupid as that sounds. I mean, I'm a little, what's the word? I'm almost like a baby in this way, you know, like, um, and what I realized is that, you know, um, I need to, that relationships, romantic relationships are important to a lot of people, they hold a different place in my life and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not, that's not the place. I feel much more fulfilled in my friendships and in my family and friends than I've ever felt in a romantic relationship. And, I, and that's an odd thing for a lot of people have a hard time with that. They don't understand why I don't 
date as often or why I'm a lot more like where your values are, where my values are. But for me at this point in my life and and since then, what I learned is that, you know, it's important for me to be fully honest with somebody. It's important, you know, not cruel, you know, um, like, yeah, you look cute in that when I don't, but, um, but, but to be honest with myself and with them, and I need to, if I, if I ever feel even an ounce of, I don't want to tell somebody this, that's when I go, what's going on? Like, why is it that I feel like I need to keep this a secret? What about this? Why? And then that, so that stops, that has stopped me from, that is, I think, stopped me from being in a lot of relationships that I might've been in for a lot longer. For too long. You know? Yeah. Uh, because I get to a place where I go, I'm feeling that this isn't right. You know? And instead, I don't need to, I like my own company. So what I, what I mean to say is, I don't have to be in a relationship with a man or a, you know, a significant other romantically mm. to be happy. If I am, that's great. But I don't, that isn't the thing that's going to make me happy. Yeah. You know, um, it's a wonderful thing when it happens, but I don't have to be with people just to be with someone. You yeah, know, just having to be with somebody just to be with somebody is a pretty shitty place to be. And there are yeah. a lot of people that subscribe to that. Um, you know, I was single for a lot of years. I got, I was divorced and single. And then I just got married a few months ago. Okay. Congratulations. Best wishes. Yeah. Nice Thank, you. Thank you. Well, you know, and so, <clears throat> and the kind of work I do is about, um, you know, people that have a lot of anxiety and things around relationships. Um, a lot of people that are avoidant because I was, I could go long periods without dating. I like my own company, you know, like kind of basically what you're saying. Yeah. So, you know, but most people, it's like you can be in a happy place, but then it's like you add water, meaning you add relationship and it can start to make you anxious. It can start to make you feel like, oh crap, I might get hurt again. And, and I think that that can play into it too. I'm not saying for you, but it could. Oh, absolutely. But I think what it's done for me is I don't, engage in situations that I know aren't it's it may sound this is the thing Francis has there been anybody that you've seen me date where you've been like you should give that a chance <laughs> so that's my thing is like good that's good yeah like I'm not I, I tell people all the time when they because it comes up a lot at my age you know why aren't you dating anyone I'm like well is there somebody you'd like me to date mm-hmm. if you, if you point somebody out I will go out with them I will give them a chance I am not, I am open to it, but what I'm not open to is dating just to date, you know, like, like, and I tried it. I did it because, um, I had a therapist who's like, I need to see you do this. So I did two years of like online dating and what it started to just be a drag. Cause I just yeah. felt like when you do that kind of dating, you're breaking up with people you're not actually in a relationship with. So I'd have coffee with somebody and then I have to have a breakup conversation with them. Mm-hmm. why you don't want to see them again why you don't want to see them again that way and why and I remember one day I was like we could be friends and I was like yeah but I didn't join the dating site to find friends I have friends right like that's and also that's not true and honest on your point you don't really want that for me but I kept running into quite frankly people lying in huge ways remember that guy yeah. who said he he lived in Atlanta he flew out for our date and was trying to hide that he didn't live in California oh my god yeah, it was creepy. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He, and he told on himself, as people do. Um, I was like, do you realize that you just told me you don't actually live here? He's like, well, I want to. And I was like, okay. Um, ah, so he's looking for somebody so he could move here. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's not that I'm not open to it, but I haven't met anybody in the last several years 
at least mm-hmm. I can't, who was the last person I no I didn't even really I wasn't really into him it was just a summer thing um but I haven't there hasn't been anybody that I've liked in a while and that isn't because I'm not open to it I just haven't met them okay okay so and if I did I would be open as long okay. as I like my dog okay okay cool I'll leave it there absolutely because <laughs> this if is you a- know somebody though girl just send them over you know what I will and and you know and I'm not I don't want to dig into that aspect because what I want to do before we run out of time is I want to talk about you two and I want to talk about first of all any I don't know how you guys got together but you don't have to go back that far in time but what have been your darkest moments because you are comedians and yes yeah so one of the things that I think that a lot of people don't get about performers is that we get told no all the time all day long we get rejected for horrible levels the levels of rejection people look at you and be like it's just you're old yeah (laughs) or you're like you're old you're black you're fat you're this you're that you're black you're you know and so it's harsh and you get you receive even though you're talented and you know and on the other end of it You've got every person in the world saying, you guys need a TV show. Yeah. You need this. You need that. You're brilliant. You're brilliant. You're brilliant. Why aren't you successful as I consider success? Why don't you have millions of dollars? Because I think that you should have that money. And, you know, in dealing with, you know, other people having an expectation that you should be far more successful than you are. And then the levels of rejection as well. And those are, those, that can be, that's a push pull for sure. Um, because, you know, in most people's regular jobs, you don't walk in your job, into your job and have your boss reject you. Or get applauded. Like right, most people true. at the end of their day don't get a standing up. You know what I mean? So we were yeah. very lucky yeah. in that way to very privileged that when we when we do have the opportunity to work, we get deferred to in a way that is really unique. Yeah. You know, and get a level of appreciation that can sometimes be a little like it's kind of shocking. Yeah, you but, know? but dealing with the rejection is really important yeah. as an actor. And you have to figure out how to deal with how to shrug it off how to just literally be like okay this person doesn't like me but the next two people do you it's know a thing i was you know in your own in, on your your podcast here and i'm we've watched it and stuff um for me it's the concept of you know i have a we have some it's my rule but we have some rules like we don't tell ourselves no yeah Somebody else can tell us no, but we don't tell ourselves no first. And I, we both believe, I think, yeah. that there's always a way. Like, just because this way didn't... So we tried to... That's why we have this weird resume where we've had, like, a radio show and we've done this and that. It's because we're always like, well, there's got to be a way in. Yeah. Let's try this. Yeah. And I'm always like, just try it. And so what's going to happen... The worst thing that's going to happen is you hear no. And when you hear no, you don't lose anything. You don't get that thing. But it's not like they also go and give me 50 bucks. Like, you just lost, You just didn't get that thing. So it's right. on the next. And yeah. I think working together, we have each other to rely on. And we actually do things that I know are confusing to a lot of people like we share a car mm-hmm. our households okay so we, we have one car okay different households or same households? Yeah, different, different households, households. Yeah. We're at my, my my place right now she lives like a mile about a mile away but we have one car and which is shared between angela myself my husband and my kid 
And I feel so good about that in so many ways. Environmentally, I'm like, we rock. Um, but also, we've, we have power of attorney over each other. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This is we have access to each other's bank accounts. Yeah. You know, like, this is a marriage. Francis always says this is a marriage. It's a marriage, you know? Right. You know, and it is. So we, we have joined our lives at every level. So, except, you know, we, we don't, we're not intimate, intimate, because that's just not what we're into, right. um, which is unfortunate because that would make things a lot easier, so but, but that's just, you know, we were born this way. It sucks. So that's, but because of that, you know, our, we, and I know a lot of people find it very like, well, what do you do? Do you fight? And I'm like, we disagree all the time. It's just, we love and respect each other. So we can disagree without destroying our relationship or each other's you know yeah. feelings or whatever yeah and I think that what we've found over the years is a level of tenacity you have to have grit and tenacity to get through anything but especially this business you, you always know? have a choice and in every moment every time you know to get like you know what is the like into like stuff that's stitched on pillows Every time I hear no, I'm like, that just means I got to find another yes. Yeah. It's true. That is so true because I totally believe that when you were talking about it. Um, and it's funny because my dad was in a concentration camp. And so what's interesting, yeah, so what's really fascinating about it, though, is that he would tell you the opposite, that you don't have a choice. He was a little kid at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting, you know, with the Viktor Frankl thing, going back to that, but it's always, I believe you always have a choice. The other thing is, you know, in terms of your relationships, you guys have a lot of love and respect for each other. So it doesn't sound like you guys have had any kind of falling out or anything. Yeah, We've we definitely had a few hard, really hard fights. Yeah. But it, at the end of the day, like there was one that we had where we both, here's the thing for me at least, and I think you're the same, but I can go, what I do is, um, even though I have this reputation for like telling people off or something, which I don't understand, but what I, you know, in every moment I'm like, okay, take a step back. What's important here. Yeah. And I'm like, so we've had, we've had moments where I'm like, okay, take a step back. What's important here is that I love you and you love me. Yeah. We are dangerously close to a precipice where you could say or do something that's really hard or maybe even impossible to get yeah. over. And just cause you're in that moment and we can all go too far. So what we're going to do, what I'm going to do is I, we're going to get out of this moment. We're going to go to our respective corners, give it a night, yeah, <laughs> you know, and see where you, what you feel tomorrow. But remember all night long that you love me and I love you. And the most important thing is that nothing else could be more important. So Whatever either of us are feeling, let's work, let's talk again when we can be in a place where we can remember that in every sentence. I love that. I think that's great. I think that's yeah. a commitment. And a lot of people don't have commitments like that in their romantic relationship. Yeah. Now, you know? Yeah, so, you don't say things you can't come back from. Because there, there, it is possible. It is possible to hurt somebody and to say something that doesn't, that you can't fix with an I'm sorry, no matter how much you mean it. And once you know that, and I know that, you know, I have family members who have who stopped talking who and then you look at it and you're like how did that happen and I, and I know is that there was a moment at least one maybe not more where everybody could have chosen something different you know and instead we abandoned the thing that was actually important yeah. and at the end of the, what I, I do try to think you know if I have the luxury of being on my deathbed and having conscious thought you know am I gonna go 
oh God, I'm so glad I was right about that. No, you know, I'm going to want the people I love and I had the most care and love for in my life around me. And it will, so to me, I'm like, it it sounds dark, but I do think it's useful to think about that exercise of write your own eulogy. Like something I do every once in a while, I'll be like, and then, because it helps me reconnect with what's actually important to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's never how much money I made. Um, what famous people I know or hung out right. with or any of that. Whatever's bothering me that day, I go, I would never have that added in my eulogy. So why am I twisted yeah. up about it today? Right. I agree with you. I think that when you get to be whatever age it is, that's your last day on earth, I always say, it's like, are you going to be happy for the experiences you've had? Because yeah. experiences with people you love and it's being in a place of loving what the hell you're doing. Yes. That's what's going to matter. Absolutely. You have to, you you know, that's the thing. It's like, we, I consider us successful no matter how much money we have, no matter what we have on air or off, because I've got to spend my, most of my adult life, almost all of it, working with my best friend. Yeah. And getting people to pay us for it. Yeah, people have paid us, paid me to talk to my best friend. Winning. Yeah, I would say so. Not a lot of people get that. Okay, wait a minute. But I really do want to go back to, and I meant to ask this, the car. Why do you guys share a car? Oh, just because, you know, I got my car at cost because I had a, a family member who was a big wig at, at, uh, at a, a car company. And so I had paid it off years ago. They got, their car got totaled, right. you know, LA driving. And they were about to get another car. And it, I just was like, you know what? Why do we do that? Because we work together. Yeah, we go like, everywhere together. And every once in a while, we don't. I was like, let's just see. Let's just try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You guys get another car. But why have a car payment? Why contribute another car to the, uh, the environment? You know? Yeah. Um, and we did it. And then one day we looked up and it had been four years. Yep. Wow. And I think and now it's been, what, six, six or seven years. And every once in a while, somebody's got to take a Lyft or an Uber someplace. Yeah. You know, we get, there's been times when there's a little crossover, but generally speaking, it is so not an issue. Yeah. And it has helped me um, with uh, taking better care of myself because not having a car here all the time means I can't make choices like at midnight, I'm going to go get ice cream. Right. <laughs> Any of us need to do that anyways, right? Exactly. There are these side benefits where you take better. It's stopped me from a lot of unnecessary trips. I think you guys too. And it's just, but the thing is that like, I feel every day, I feel really good about the fact that we are not polluting in that way. And it's just a huge thing, you know, to be able to cut that carbon footprint out. In, in LA. In LA. In LA. So I feel like, so that's, that was the, the precursor of it was just basically that, just sitting there one day and we were doing like financial, we've had hard times and better times. And I think at that time we were actually, we were at yeah. gigs and stuff. We were okay. But I was like, why do it? Yeah. Why spend three to however many hundred dollars it is a month yeah. on some car when this car's paid off? Yeah. <laughs> we can go to lunch with that money. We can run it into the ground. Who cares? You know? And so that's basically been my thing is I, we will drive that car to the state of California says we can. Well, there you go. Because you know what? There's a lot of things on the road that I don't know if the state of California ever tells people they can't. I know. Exactly. So <laughs> it's, that's how that started. And then when we went to, we did this show where we were um, in the jungle in Costa Rica. It was a reality show. It's a really big mistake. Mm. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it's a reality show, Costa Rica. What, which reality, all of it. All of it. Um, you know, here's a, here's a tip. Here's a, here's a pro tip. If somebody just shows you 10 seconds of parasailing, don't assume that's what's actually going to happen. Oh. Um, Cause that isn't what happened. And it was really horrible, but 
Um, I remember when we when we were doing it. Why was I saying this? I don't know. It was about the car. It was about the car. It was about the car. Yeah, about yeah. the car and getting into that. Then when we went and did that, we learned we learned a lot. But I can't remember what why I was. Those lessons that. learned. There were lessons learned, but exact, but whatever. Going on that show, it really did teach us both a lot about what you need and what you don't need, mm-hmm. and. I think coming back, what, I, what we both figured out was it doesn't really matter how much money we have or don't have. Yeah. It really is about like, you know, we're a family. Yeah. So how, let's make decisions that are beneficial to our family in every way. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. Um, I try not to drive in LA just because I hate traffic. It's awful. I do too. And, it's yeah. awful. and I hate driving. She yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. I don't drive every day. Yeah. But I, I, um, I do, yeah, I obviously have a car, but I live in the suburbs, so. Right. Yeah. I may as well live in the middle of the country somewhere, but anyway. <laughs> People act like, I grew up in Michigan where you drive a lot, you know, and you drive really far. Like in Detroit, there are no actual grocery stores, mm-hmm. and I'm not, that's not an exaggeration, it's the truth. So there's corner markets, but if you want to go to a real grocery store, you have to, dr- you have to go yeah. to the suburbs. And so for me, driving a half hour was never a big deal. The problem here is a half hour could be two miles. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's the difficulty because there's low mileage on this car. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a 2002 Corolla and it's got under a hundred and yeah. barely over 110,000 miles. Oh my God. That is low mileage. That yeah. is way We low don't mileage. ever go that far. It just takes a while. Of course it does. Unless you're going to drive between the hours of like two and four in the morning or something. Yeah. yeah. So, and still you could get caught you up. You never know. You never know. Especially yeah. that 405. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that is a parking lot pretty much all the time. Yeah. So real quick, um, I'm totally curious about your album and, you know, the, the comedy album Resist, because yeah. that title right there says a lot, but I'd love to hear how it came about and, you know, anything else you want to share about what's going on with the two of you? Sure, sure, sure. We were touring with uh, Stephanie Miller's Sexy Liberal Tour, and we just really, you know, all across the country, um, and, you know, I, I don't think it's a, a, a secret that we're not in love with the Trump administration. No. And um, we're progressive liberals. Yeah, exactly. And so what we developed was a really great voice and, and, and great material around things that we saw happening and going on within the administration and how we experienced it. And people love the material. So we thought we would put it all together in a collection on an album because people need to laugh, you know, and you know, and it's, it's not a preachy it's, it is about laughing. Yes. And it is about what isn't working and how we, and, and our whole goal is that you walk, we always try to leave things better than we found them. Yes. People, situations, whatever. So my, our goal is always, oh, we want people to, we're after that person in the audience who's like, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to have a good time. I'm like, yes, you are. Yeah. I'm going to get a smile out of you. Yeah. And, and we do it. And so our thing is you leave this interact, you, you listen to the album and you don't, it's not just bitch, 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 which is needs to happen, yeah. but there's an activation. And so like we, on our podcast, the final word, we have um, what we call the resistance wrap up. So every episode we talk about an organization or a person, something that you can do. Yes. From your home, you know, to be active in, in an issue in, in social change and social justice. And so that's our goal is for people to feel energized and empowered, not just like I found another, somebody else to bitch with, but that something good come out of it. 
I think that's great because a lot of people don't know what to do from their home, yes. whatever the issue is, you know, yeah. and, and that's the, do I just go on Twitter and tweet away is exactly you know, to have something productive, I think is great. And then also, you know, I understand that people don't always have money resources. So it's not always just like, Oh, just send a check to this person, but ideas and things that you can do on a daily or however often you can basis that are, um, impactful and that keep you connected. I all, you know, one of the things I think makes people, I've worked the suicide crisis line for a lot of years. I volunteered and stuff. And what I know is that most of the time people are called in were really lonely and, and they just didn't have anybody to talk to. They felt like, and so one of the things is taking people, especially, you know, who listen to radio and who are whatever and saying, you know, you can get out, you can actually, there's a milieu here. So the thing about like the sexy liberal tour that was great was that we would tell people they write us, we, we also, we answer, we answer every email we get. Mm-hmm. So um, people are like, oh, I don't know if I could go to the show. I don't have anybody to go with. And we, we always write them back. You will f- make friends. It's a community. And that's the biggest thing too, in terms of our comedy and what we do is, Letting people know that you're not alone. You're not alone. They're not alone. You're never alone. And and you should never, and your life is valuable and important and necessary. Yeah. And whatever you're feeling, we're all feel. there are people here to share it with you. But if you can just, I mean, the night of the election was horrible and we stayed up all night. And I think most of what I did was scream singing horribly and just begging people to give us that night who are really scared, people who live off of, you know, they need all these services to live. And um, we're terrified and just saying, could you just do us a solid and give us tonight? Give us tonight. We'll talk again tomorrow. Don't do anything to hurt you tonight. We need you. We love you. Yeah. You know, and And people people did. And, and, you know, that's the wonderful thing about, you know, being in comedy uh, in the ways that we are is uplifting people. Yeah. We're not, we're not the comedians who you can't sit in the front row. We don't make fun of the audience. Yeah. You know, we make fun of ourselves and, like, people who deserve it. Yeah. We, we, we punch <laughs> up, but never down. Well, yeah, we don't punch down, and we we definitely don't. Our thing is that you walk out of there feeling better than you walked in and knowing that you are important, and that is our goal. I love that. I am actually, me and my husband, we watch a lot of stand-up comedy. Mm. In fact, if I have a choice, because I don't really watch TV, mm-hmm. literally, it's like, okay, what stand-up comedian haven't we seen? <laughs> Yep, gotta say, I'm gonna actually listen to your album because yeah. we do swear, just so you know. Yeah, if there are children around, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The F word is a noun, a verb, it's a statement. It is everything. I use fuck all the time, and people thank you. I figure sure. people that are attracted to my work, they don't care. The people yeah. that yes. want to change Good. that, they're not my tribe. So, <laughs> yeah, that. it's been hard for us um, on the TV uh, to remember that there are different rules. <laughs> I can imagine. Okay, so real quick, you guys have your show, Me Time with Frangela. Do you guys want to share anything about that before we wrap up? Me Time with Frangela is a great place for literally me time. So, what we do is we just try to bring funny humor to like all kinds of situations. And we also talk about some, some significant issues that happen with people. Um, so, you know, you'll find in the, it's just a little bit like a smattering of everything, you know, but we just, it's a, a 30 minutes where you can just kind of like sit down, have a laugh, but also learn some things and talk about things that, you yeah. know, we talk about the, around the water cooler. So you can go to me time with Frangela, uh, dot com. Dot com. 
or in the YouTube channel to see clips of it if it's not in the area. Yeah, right, yeah. And I would say in general, like, it's just like, we're honest to a point where I'm, I am glad in some ways the show isn't everywhere because I may have shared some things <laughs> that other people may not be so comfortable with. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm okay with it. Family, but family members or friends? Yeah, yeah. Just a few things. Um, but we don't, we don't lie. I mean, some most of the time, well, that's a lie. I was about to say, we, we don't use people's names, but I pretty much always do. I mean, every once in a while, I will be like, okay, I won't use this person's name. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I use, I use names, but. Yeah, they did it. What up? <laughs> unless it's a client, then I don't. Right, I don't, right, right. Name, which is usually something, I don't know why, but I grew up watching the Flintstones. And so I'm always like Fred and Barney or. <laughs> and I'm like, Why? <laughs> that is hilarious. Fred and Barney, number sixty-seven. Yeah, no, yeah. well, I generally say their names, so it's very you know. Because yeah. you know what, it happened. Yeah, it happened. So I'm so excited. And are you guys? Uh, did you find out if you renewed yet for a second season? Not, Not yet. yet. Not, yet. Not yet. yet. But we did so many episodes. Yeah. Quite frankly, 150. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. They don't have to renew it for a while. <laughs> like Francis figured it out. If it was a sitcom, it'd be seven years, seven worth years worth of television. Oh my god! I know. Like you're like like that's what we did in that two and a half months. So it's airing, and we don't know for how long. Yeah, but they have enough to air it. Pretty much. So, yeah. Check check your local listings. Time. Yep. Check your local listings. I'll have listings too because. I'm on one of the episodes as well. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I will say everybody that was there that worked with you guys, they were so nice. They yeah. were like, yeah, a great team, oh. a great team. I miss them. It is really, we had, I mean, it was a hard schedule, but we had the best time with every single member of that crew. Like, and it's just, it's just, it, yeah, it, they, they were a really great. wonderful team. That's awesome. Well, if you guys come back, hopefully everybody gets back together too. Yay! Yes. So I'm so happy that you guys joined me today. I love Thank you. Yeah, you are welcome. I will have you guys back on again, hopefully. Please. I don't know when, anytime. <laughs> We'd love to. Anytime. anytime. This is fabulous. I'm so over I had a Cosmo. I'm great. I was going to say, that was the last thing. They made drinks, guys. I made us Cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> I almost love the martini, but that seemed a little rough. That's a little. That's a little much. Cosmos are great afternoon drinks. I love yeah, that. It's a little less intense. <laughs> I mean, it's vodka. What am I saying? But it it's, it sounds less. It's pink. It, it's a Cosmo. It's a right. Cosmo. And she was wearing pink. So. Yeah. Oh, it does match. It does match. Alrighty, you guys. Thank you so much for being thank on. Thank you. Have and a great day. Yeah. What'd you say? Happy birthday. I said have a great day. <laughs> and happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. Hey. I've had a few Cosmos, so now it's everybody's birthday. <gasps> yeah, I don't need another birthday right now. So, but yeah, thank right. you. Me either. I'm good. Thank I'll you. take them all. Yes. All right, you guys, everybody listening and watching, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be seeing you again. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>